Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. The, the best thing to do is to deliver value to somebody, you know, and so we genuinely try to deliver a quality home that is going to be a good purchase for them. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention FundNetFlip because FundNetFlip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, So if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, uh, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. The founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Joe Fairless, and with us today, we have a wonderful Best Ever guest who is also a preacher, so uh, I will be minding my P's and Q's <laughs> and making sure I'm on my best behavior. Um, uh, Randy Lawrence, how you doing? Doing awesome, Joe, man. Great to be on the show with you here today. Yeah, nice to have you. Nice to meet you. Looking forward to getting to know you better during our conversation. Yeah. Randy is based in Tampa Bay, Florida. He is the host of the Real Estate Preacher podcast. And that's not false advertising because like I mentioned earlier, he's also a pastor. He's been a pastor for 15 years. He founded a church. I'm really active in uh, uh, helping others in his local area um, get fed through a food pantry. His focus from a real estate standpoint is on single family rehabs or single family homes and primarily rehabs. He's been a 20, he's a 24 year entrepreneur with four successful 
investment companies. With that being said, Randy, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, our uh, the focus for me is has been real estate, been focused on real estate since probably uh, 2003. Uh, Joe, like you said, I also have been a pastor since 2000, so the last 15 years, and uh, really had done both of those things simultaneously. And I, I would say both of those is a passion and a calling for me. Uh, and so I really have enjoyed it. The real estate, uh, we've gone through, you know, the ups and downs of the markets, uh, uh, with here in Florida, especially, we have had uh, rental properties got totally crushed in 2008 with the meltdown here. We've had a successful short sale company, you know, with all the foreclosures going on here in Florida, uh, and then also have done a ton of rehabbing. And so kind of through the background of the meltdown, it really kind of taught me, I guess, to be more strategic. And so we focused on working within the veins that have the best uh, opportunity within the marketplace. So it's again, probably from 2009 to 14, we had a real strong short sale company selectively did rehabs as needed and then became more strategic probably in 12, 13 and 14 reinstituting the rehabs. And then, you know, this past year in 2015, virtually probably 80% of all of our properties get rehabbed to retail purchase. So, you know, really that's kind of been the background of where things have been and uh, I would say even too, one of the faith components uh, has been a significant part of helping me. You know, a lot of people got slammed in the economic meltdown and it hurt people. But really for me, it became part of a strategic learning process and growing process, even though it was painful. Uh, it really refined us to a greater level of success that we have now. We're like, as we speak right now, we're probably running about 20 renovation projects right now uh, underway and have a pipeline full to continue to accommodate that volume. How do you identify in the marketplace where the best opportunity is? What do you look for? Well, we, we definitely want to have the properties that have the most appeal. So typically that is a three, two block home in this area. But I think the key is to know, you know, what the particular neighborhood or marketplace is. So we will take down properties that are three ones or even two twos if that's typical and sells well for that neighborhood or area. Um, and so we do try to look at it from the demographics of who's buying in that area. Does the property have the most appeal? And then, you know, what is the, what is it, what does it look like? So we just like turned down one the other day. It was kind of like a low end area, you know what I mean? And, but the price points were like 170 retail. And for this area, 170 retail, people can be in a nicer neighborhood. So, that's kind of going to put you in a bad spot where, yeah, you could do it on paper. It looks like it could be good. But then the backside, what happens is you'd be sitting there sucking wind on the market for 60 or 90 days because the people that come look at the house, they go, yeah, it's nice, but the neighborhood's not so nice. Let's go look for another house. And as far as just from a higher level, from a strategic standpoint, I mean, you've gone from short sale to rehabs. Um, and you said you're you're uh, really focused on finding the right wor- working where there's the best opportunity. Mm-hmm. How do you know from a strategic standpoint where you should go and when the wind's shifting? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. So I think that you know part of the 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 focus for me was 2008. It was like really six, seven, and eight. We had been rehabbing houses at that time, and that was a very difficult time because the market was continually falling. And then of course in 2008, just fell off the cliff. But having to work through all of that really created me to start focusing on the market being more strategic, looking ahead. 
so that you're not trying to play catch up. And so what that's translated in for me now is looking ahead. Where do we see things over the next, say, 12 months, maybe 18 months? Well, realistically, we have a pretty solid forecast that interest rates are going to start to bump up maybe at the next Fed meeting here in December and then gradual rise over uh, you know, the next year. So for us, the better focus is being in those houses that would be like 150 to 200,000, which is equivalent mortgage of what person would pay for rent. So again, even with interest rates bumping up, there are still those people that are going to want to buy instead of rent, lock in now versus later. And then the other component is that being the case, how do we have an advantage? So our advantage would be to deliver more value, a better quality rehab, higher end finishes so that we're standing out against some of the competition so that we could sell more quickly than other people. You mentioned interest rates. Are there any other factors that you look at? Well, I mean, looking at what the buying trends are here and then also Florida still, because it's a judicial state, there's still, you know, some carryover for foreclosures and the banks are still kind of bringing out shadow inventory with new foreclosures. Um, so we, we take a look at that to try to gauge what's happening. Also look at the competition that's going on. There's a lot of other investors in the greater Tampa Bay area. So, you know, take that into account, see what they're doing and then ultimately seek to deliver a greater value. You know, one of the things I learned probably from the 2008 morass is the, the best thing to do is to deliver value to somebody, you know. And so we genuinely try to deliver a quality home that is going to be a good purchase for them. They're going to get a good deal out of it. We're not going to give it away. But at the end of the day, we're delivering something that establishes more value than the next person. And that's a formula that I believe is a winning formula. You said you have about 20 renovations going on right now, correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you build a team to uh, oversee that so that the details don't get missed? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. And that's really the key is a team. Um, you know, I think I made a decision back in 2008. I was kind of, or excuse me, 2006. You know, I was running around. We had a ton of rental properties. We were building a rental portfolio. Um, I think I had one assistant at the time. And I really just made a decision like I could either be a one man band and do everything or I could focus on going bigger and building a company. And so that was really the decision I made. So I think the first part is deciding what you want and what's best suited for you. Uh, for me, I enjoy that aspect of the building and team and management. And then once you've made that decision, then it is absolutely correct is to start to develop the systems related to the functions that are taking place. Like, so, for example, with the rehabbing, I used to manage and oversee the rehabs. I then had one of my team members develop kind of a checklist of systems that we need to do. And then probably about three months ago, we hired a renovation manager. So with that, you know, he guy had a ton of experience in the rehab and new house construction, but I had systems in place to begin to work with him on and he could take and run with. How many, who are the team members that you have right now and what are their roles? Yeah, we have uh, an office manager, which is like an oversight, uh, kind of an acquisitions manager that they oversee the systems that we have for buying properties. Uh, we have an accounting and administrative person that kind of oversees, you know, making sure all the bills get paid and, you know, all the budgets are on track for the projects. We have a closing and operations manager that oversees as soon as the property, you know, goes under contract coming in and goes under contract going out. We have systems set up 
so that then, you know, she's following that and managing it kind of start to finish. Um, we have the rehab manager who then his job is of course, overseeing all the ins and outs start to finish from the evaluation. Uh, and again, we have a system for that, how they evaluate the property, intake it, document it with a, uh, floor plan, document it with pictures, document the repairs, and then oversee the renovation with the contractor, uh, up until the point of ready to go to marketing. Um, and then we have a, uh, inside salesperson that's, you know, intaking and, you know, farming for deals and doing phone calls and that kind of thing. Uh, and so we're actually adding another team member here in the next couple of weeks, probably post the ad. So, uh, hiring, uh, another salesperson. When, when you were scaling the company, who was first? Um, the first person, so it started off of course with me. The second person, uh, was more of the, uh, operations type person. And again, now at that time we were doing a ton of the short sales. So we were focusing on that, but again, starting to do the rehabs. And then the second person after that was the closing manager. Um, if I was starting from scratch in doing the rehabs, of course, I'd start off with the, the rehabs, uh, where I'm managing the rehab, learning that process and mastering it. And then the, the first hire I would probably make would be a dedicated acquisitions person. Because if you don't have a pipeline of deals, then you got nothing to work with. How do you compensate that dedicated acquisitions person uh, if you're first starting out? Yeah, if you're first starting out, and again, some people go, well, gosh, Joe, I don't have the money to do it. Well, you know, you can be creative, right? You could focus on uh, paying that person a percentage of the deal, you could pay them, um, you know, so much, give them if they're being working on just pure commission, then maybe it is you're giving them a larger commission on the back end when the property sells and you make your money. Um, and then uh, part of the other focus or structure could be uh, is to, you know, do some of the more shorter term properties where you're just getting the deals, wholesaling it off, make the quicker term money and then be able to pay them a small salary you know, three, 400 bucks a month, whatever, or a week rather, whatever is necessary just to meet their minimums and then pay them a smaller percentage commission on the back end. So there's, there, you'd be surprised, um, in terms of the flexibility that people have or the creativity that's available, uh, if you're willing to think outside the box. From an annual income standpoint for someone who, uh, would be a uh, proficient at acquisitions based on your experience, what's the annual income average out to, or, or what's that range? Yeah, I would say for this area here, that would probably be between uh, 55 to 60 up to 110, 15. Just depends on the volume of acquisitions um, and their expertise and experience, but really volume is going to be key. Um, and I think that that's, that's probably a fair uh you know, number and it represents, uh, you know, probably the middle spot of that is, you know, 80 grand, which again, for this overall area, that's pretty good money. Now, if you're in California, that's probably not real good money. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Depends on the market. That's for sure. I've lived in Texas, New York City and Ohio. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've I, seen the contrast. Yeah, I, I go to visit my sister. She's in New York City and there, you know, you go out for dinner and it's like a $15 martini that she's ordering or whatever. It's like, oh my God, you know, like here in Florida, you know, that's like four bucks or something, you know, so. Well, as long as you're not in Miami. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. In Miami, it's 15 <laughs> or 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. 
Randy, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Uh, I, I would say that really the, that you have to be singularly focused. Uh, focus uh, on, on really the one thing and make that one thing work for you. Um, too many people get distracted uh, or are focused on the shiny object and they're going after this and then, oh, this guy's doing that and they go after this and they become a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I think the best way to go about uh, really succeeding is focusing on something that's congruent with who you are and then seeking to master that to deliver value through that one channel. And then once you've mastered that, then you can be willing to uh, open up to maybe what the next channel may be to add to it, but only after you've mastered it. How do you know when you've mastered it? Well, that you have an expertise in it and also just like what we're talking about with, uh, you know, asking me about our business, that you've got the systems in place, the people in place, uh, and the business is, you know, is operating at a measure of hands-free. You know, I mean, again, I, I say that, you know, I measure that, you know, that the people that you have, uh, you're able to provide advice, uh, advice or guidance to, but they're actually carrying out. Because one, the systems work good enough, and two, they understand it enough to do it. I say when you get to that level, then you can see you're going to start to create more time available. And now with that more time, you can now start to move in to the next area. Uh, just like I was talking about you before the start of the show with the apartments, you know, that that's we're moving in that direction uh, as we have mastered this area. We've still got a little bit of ways to go to get things, you know, just dialed in. We're always 100% of the time trying to improve and make the systems better, help the processes go smoother. How do you finance your rehabs? We do uh, private money where we have uh, folks that we've worked with, both individuals and companies, that we work with them on an individual basis where they are funding it. They're getting uh, a return that's attractive for them. And then we are in turn being able to use those funds for the purchase and acquisition and renovation of the properties. Uh, I also have uh, bank relationships and a couple of hedge fund relationships where we're able to borrow money from them as well. Um, a little bit more expensive in the bank and hedge fund than the private, uh, but we actually get very low price because again of our expertise experience and the volume that we've done. What's a typical term sheet look like for a bank or hedge fund compared to a private? Well, and that can vary. And again, I'd say that's probably all negotiable and varies. But so like the 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 bank uh, scenario, and again, if you have multiple bank relationships, you kind of have them competing for your business versus just going to a bank and saying, hey, what can you give me? Um, and in that universe, it could be between uh, seven to 10%. And then, you know, one to two points, something like that. The hedge fund side of things, the typical norm would probably be between nine to 12 to 15% with one to four points. Um, and then on the private money side, that's really something depending on the, uh, way that you set up your own program could be between 7% to 12%, zero points to two points, um, and that's something that even to uh, my advice would be if somebody's doing private funds is you set up the program parameters of what you want to offer. And then that's what you're offering to somebody. Hey, I've got a great investment opportunity. 
I've got a private lending program that we invest in single family homes. We do the renovations and uh, we're paying, you know, 7%, 8%, 9%, whatever it is you're going to pay. And that's what you're offering the person. And if you think about it, like a lot of people that maybe they have money in CDs or bonds, CDs are paying one to 2%, bonds are paying 4%. Um, if it's in the stock market, yeah, they may average 12, but there's a huge risk swing as what's gone on this year. So for a risk adjusted return, if you were paying somebody 9% in a first lien mortgage or trust deed, depending on your state, and they're at a 70% ARV, that is a heck of a good return for a low risk type item. Completely agree, uh, especially when you, you you do that comparison, that's for sure. Um, and it's backed by uh, actual sticks and bricks. Absolutely, um, yeah. So, yeah, but of course you're preaching to the choir. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect to say a pun like that yeah. with you, but uh, just, just naturally fit, yeah. <laughs> you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right, first a quick word from our best ever partners. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, join me in subscribing to the Family Office Podcast. The host, Richard Wilson, you can learn more about him, episode 447. The reason why you'll want to subscribe and listen to this podcast is he talks about how billionaire families think and how to attract the ultra wealthy into your business. The Family Office Podcast. Best ever book you've read? Thinking for a Change by John Maxwell. Best ever deal you've done? A house on the golf course that we made six figures on. How'd you find it? Uh, it was a short sale. I've got a best ever deal in process right now where we'll make double six figures. And what, what, what's the uh, details of that? House on the water, uh, waterfront home, uh, had settlement issues, probably about $190,000 rehab. But at the end of the day, we'll you know add square footage. It's a pretty big rehab, but we'll end up doing double six figures on it. Best ever way you like to give back? Uh, by uh, helping uh, individuals. The, the, the next focus for me is through the Real Estate Preacher podcast, really helping people gain financial freedom and to transform their life, uh, both spiritually, mentally, and financially. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Um, not being strategic enough, thinking only in the moment and not looking at the longer term consequences. And what's the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? Uh, the real estate preacher.org. And there's uh, contact info there on our website. Well, Randy, thank you for being on the show and sharing your advice with the best ever listeners. And um, you're talking about how you've created systems related to the functions that are needed to grow your business and how you had that uh, epiphany um, of, okay, here's the fork in the road. Am I going to be a one-man band or am I going to go bigger and grow a company and you decide to do the latter, grow bigger and grow a company. And um, I love how you talk through each of the team members that you have in place for your fix and flip um, business, where you've got an office manager doing oversight on the acquisitions, an accounting administrator who makes sure all bills and budgets are, are taken care of, a closing point person as soon as the property is under contract. And then when it goes out the door, um, everything in between, the rehab manager um, who's focused on uh, making sure that the rehab goes according to plan, 
and then the inside salesperson as well as the other inside salesperson that you're you're hiring. Uh, and then if you uh, could or if you needed to start the company from scratch again, then the acquisitions person would be the person you'd hire. In your market, it's 55 to 60 all the way up to 115 depending on the activity. Yep. Um, and then uh, I love how you got into the specifics of the different terms generally speaking, I mean, it, it depends on the deal, depends on the investor, but generally uh, you've got the bank term, 7 to 10%, interest rates, 1 to 2 points, a hedge fund, 9 to 15, 1 to 4 points, private individuals, 7 to 12%, 0 to 2 points, and then talking about um, just the lessons learned as well as um, you know the, the different uh, aspects of, of investing that you're, you're in now and then how you're evolving. Um, and the evolution is a really important piece uh, in, in this because as with your advice, be singularly focused. Uh, I love the, the, the combo uh, message that you had. Be congruent. Make sure it's congruent with who you are. So make sure it's natural to who we are and, and we're naturally good at it or we have a love for it so we will become better and more proficient and combine that with um, mastering it and then move on to something else. So thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your advice. I hope you have best ever week and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Hey, thanks, brother. God bless you. Have a great week too now. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, join me in subscribing to the Family Office Podcast. The host, Richard Wilson, you can learn more about him, episode 447. The reason why you'll want to subscribe and listen to this podcast is he talks about how billionaire families think and how to attract the ultra wealthy into your business. The Family Office Podcast.